Welcome to Served Neat, hosted by your girl, Jen Hartman. I'm the CEO of Neat, a boutique PR and marketing agency based out of Louisville, Kentucky. I launched Neat in 2019 with just $3,000 in my bank account. Since then, I've had the opportunity to work with hundreds of emerging brands and Fortune 500 empires. I believe that marketing and PR should be served neat, just like your favorite bourbon. On this podcast, you'll hear about the latest and greatest growth strategies, the ups and the downs of entrepreneurship, and so much more. Pour yourself a glass of your favorite bourbon because it's time to dive in to this week's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Served Neat. As you guys can tell, I am not Jen. She is letting me host this episode in her absence because we are going to talk all about Taylor Swift and I have invited the Swifties of the team to join me. So for those of you who don't know me, my name is Lauren. I'm the COO here at Neat and I have Caroline and Juliana here with me. They are two of our PR strategists. So I will let them introduce themselves a little bit and then we're going to dig in. I'll go first. Hi, I'm Juliana. I'm one of the PR strategist here at Neat. Honestly, I've been a Swifty for so long. I was thinking about this before we started recording. I don't even remember when I officially became a Swifty. I feel like it just sort of happened and it's just been a ride ever since. I think it started when I was in middle school. I remember I would listen to all of the sad breakup songs and think about these little middle school boys. I would post the lyrics on my Facebook. Yes, my Facebook. Oh, cryptic. Was your status like, it's complicated with all the lyrics after it. I have a vivid memory of posting the lyrics from teardrops on my guitar on my Facebook. It is so embarrassing and so cringy. But yes, so I've been a fan since then. I feel like my favorite era at the time was the Speak Now era. In fact, I remember coming home from school one day and they were premiering the Mind music video. I believe it was on MTV. And I remember turning on my TV and I just sat there like right against the TV, just like watching it just so intently. I have a funny story. Kids at home do not do what I did. I am not a good influence, but I was in band in high school and I was a freshman. I was not in like our marching show or anything. We did an alternate kind of thing and I missed a band competition so I could go to the Speak Now Taylor Swift concert. I don't think my band director knows this. So if this is how he's finding out, I am so sorry. You know who you are. I apologize. I feel like my fandom has kind of resurged during the folklore era. And ever since then, I love Taylor Swift. I feel like my friend get tired of me talking about Taylor Swift. I post about Taylor Swift a lot on my Instagram. I'm a big fan. I think this year on my Apple Music Replay, yes, I use Apple Music Replay. Do not roast me. She was my top listened to artist. I listened to her like 8,000 minutes this year and I counted out of my top 25 songs for the entire year, 20 of them were Taylor Swift songs. I believe that. Well, that's Julia. You can just imagine we're all wearing our Taylor Swift sweatshirts and sweaters. I think we look great. Let's go to Caroline. Oh, Goodness. Okay. I'm Caroline. I am the designated elder millennial of NEAT. <laughs> and as so, I'm about to age myself. Yes, it is embarrassing you posted on your Facebook, dear, but I posted on my MySpace. I'm feeling pretty old after that. No, Taylor Swift and I are about the same age. I don't know if you guys know this. She just turned 34 and I am turning 34 about six months. So we're very close since the very first album. Yeah. And Midnight's itself was a resurgence for me personally. I loved folklore and Evermore. Don't get me wrong, but Midnight 
Midnight's was, I can't believe it's only been like a year since Midnight's came out. I feel like so much has happened. So I'm just really excited to talk about this. And I think that my fiance is very relieved that I'm talking to someone else about this. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So you guys might kick me out of the Taylor Swift Club. So I'll be honest. And then we can kind of get into all of this. We I- do not judge here. All Swifties, you know, if you oh, are welcome. a fan from 2021, 2022, you are a Swiftie. This is a safe space here. I am a Swiftie, but I remember being in middle school and that album number one, Teardrops on My Guitar. She sang one of her older, more country style songs, like an award show. And I remember my mom's watching this award show on TV and I walked in the room and I was like, I don't really like that. I did not like what was happening on the TV screen. But like, you know, the older I got, I think I liked some of the songs on Speak Now when it first came out. The first album that I was like, oh my God, I really like got into this whole thing was when Reputation came out. We were moving into our house and my husband and I painted every square inch of our 2300 square foot house by hand and so we're coming here every night after Sophia went to bed and I was blasting the Reputation album alone in this house my neighbors probably thought I was nuts over and over and over again I love this album. It was so, so good. So that was my first love. I also really, really liked Folklore. Just fell in love in a different kind of a way and have just been like obsessed ever since. Took my daughter to a Taylor Swift concert in Chicago this year. And that was just really, really fun to have that moment with her. So that's my Taylor Swift story. Okay, we can kind of get into all the things. Lynette and Caroline came prepared with things that they wanted to discuss. I really want to talk about our love of Taylor Swift with what we think she does really great when it comes to like PR, marketing, how she positions herself, what she's done that's just really different than anybody else and how she separates herself and some of the cool things that she has done. So I guess like I'll open it up. What do you guys feel like in 2023 or maybe in preparation for this year? How did she position herself here? How is this different than anything else anybody else has done? I wanted to say, like, if first of all, if I knew the answer to that, then all of our clients would be on Oprah like they want to be because her right. is doing some crazy stuff that I have no idea how she's doing it. The amount of work and forethought and planning is outrageous, but it's the kind of <laughs> I know yeah, that Juliana is... Can I just say, <laughs> repaying her publicist is who I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> yeah. How do we get to where you are? How do we get on that level? That's goals. <laughs> Caroline, did you have any you wanted to say or I can go first? No, I want you to talk a little bit more about what you were talking about earlier. Oh, yes. So I really feel like this year, she has just made waves with her marketing efforts. I was putting some thought into this before this podcast interview. And I was thinking about a couple of different things. First of all, Google, everything that she's doing with Google is just chef's kiss. I love everything that she's doing with Google right now. It is perfect. So a couple of things that she's doing is recently when she announced 1989 Taylor's version, she always has a very unique way of announcing her vault tracks, which are tracks that she wrote during this era that never got released that she is now re-releasing. And she always has a fun little way that she announces all of the titles. This year, so for 1989 Taylor's version, what she did is she had these Google puzzles and they were 89 different puzzles. In order to access them, you had to search Taylor Swift in Google. I mean, crazy. A partnership with Google, that's amazing. So you typed in Taylor Swift on Google and a little blue vault popped up and 
and it was this little word puzzle and it had a little hint at the bottom. And like I said, there were 89 different puzzles. In order to unlock the vault tracks for 1989 Taylor's version, the entire world had to work together to solve 33 million puzzles, which is how old Taylor Swift was at the time. And in order to solve these, you had to type in the answer in the Google search bar. So all of the answers were either Taylor Swift related or Taylor Swift adjacent. So I would be really interested to see what this did for her SEO because everyone across the world is searching Taylor Swift or Taylor Swift related items 33 million times. Honestly, more because sometimes puzzles didn't exactly solve all right and everything. So I would just be really interested to see what this did for her SEO. And as of recently, Google is doing another similar thing like this with Taylor Swift. I think it's something that Google is just doing, but reputation Easter eggs are starting to come out. And a couple days ago, Taylor Swift changed her profile picture from 1989 Taylor's version back to her Midnight's profile picture. And 13 days later, she announced 1989 Taylor's version. So when she did this, I got on my little calendar and I counted one, two, three, 13 days later. Guess what day it was? December 21st. Keep that in mind. So she's doing something with Google right now. And there's a lot of astrology, Easter eggs, a lot of things like that. And it's talking about like Sagittarius season and everything. Guess what the last day of Sagittarius season is? December 21st. She is a mastermind. <laughs> you're going to make, a, you're gonna make a clown of us all right again now. though. I do want everyone oh, to know though that Juliana is constantly in our Slack chat letting us know anytime it's happening that's remotely related to Taylor. So it's much appreciated. But I swear to God, Juliana, if we don't get it on the 21st, I'm not getting out of bed for a week. I can't do this again. <laughs> I cannot, I cannot be clowned again. So the last time this happened was on November 26th. Everyone was saying, everyone was like, she's going to announce reputation tonight. She's got, I watched this grainy little live stream on my phone. I watched the entire concert and no announcement. I was so bummed out. And if I'm just saying, if she does not announce reputation, Taylor's version on December 21st, I, I will fall into a pit of just clownery. I cannot be clowned. I don't know when this podcast- Please do not contact me till 2024. I I know. I'll be like out of office on December 21st. (laughs) Well, I mean, I just love how excited Juliana gets about it. But like, I think in this, okay, yes, obviously like we can't all be Taylor Swift. We don't all have the time and the resources and all the things that she has to do that. How does that tie into themes from what she does or pieces of what she does that can relate to how other people market or position themselves. I think about how do you gamify it? How do you get people really excited about your brand? How do you make people fall in love with the story and feel like they're really involved in something, even though we're not like Taylor Swift? I think we can all learn lessons. I mean, I think at the basis of all of it is something that we tell our clients all the time. If you're not being authentic, if you're not owning your story, if you're not okay to share who you are and what you're bringing to the world with people, then the chances of people actually caring about you are slim to none. I think everything she does really starts with that authenticity. It starts with her being true to herself and building everything around that, who she is, what her mission is. And that's sort of the same thing that we preach to our clients. I can't tell someone why they should buy your product or why 
why they should want your service if you can't tell me what is special about it, what sets you apart from everyone else. And I think as an artist, she has certainly done that time and time again. She's reinvented herself. She's shown that she's multifaceted. And I think that that's the same thing that our clients sort of have to do when they're presenting themselves to the world. Yes, we are this thing, but that doesn't mean that in two years we can't be this thing and we can't be growing and changing and evolving. That willingness to be open, that willingness to explore, I think is super important as well. Those are all really basic ideas that I think she kind of brings to the industry and to the world that can be replicated in any sort of business and would be valuable. Yes. I think in my experience, business owners are very afraid of change. It's like, oh, well, I know I'm doing this thing and it works and let's just keep doing that. But I'm like, okay, is that where you want to live? Is that really what you want to do? Or is that something that is fine, but there's really something else that makes you more excited? Jen and I have this conversation all the time. She throws out these like random crazy ideas. And I'm basically like, part of my job was, yes, that one. Let's run with that. Do you maybe need a hype person? Do you need someone to tell you like, yes, let's go and do that thing, right? And don't be afraid to change things up because... Literally every album, like if you put them all side by side, they're all so different. And you have the same people who love multiple albums, all of the albums for different reasons in different ways. Oh yeah. Can't choose between them. Cannot, literally cannot choose which one I love more than the other. Okay. All well, great what's your, for their what's own your top three? Girl, no, I can't. I cannot do this. Okay. You would have asked <laughs> that was like the hardest question I have ever asked Carol. I'm so stressed because it changes all the time. It depends on my move. I would say reputation, evermore. Folklore, I think maybe. It's like Folklore Midnight's really close. It's hard for me, but I also love all the old albums. I think I just listen to the newer stuff more. Yeah. I'm going to tell you my top five because it changes yeah, all the time. And that's fair. That's fair. I feel like these top five albums are just so important to me. And I'm going to give an order for now, but I Ooh. feel like five would be evermore. That hurts me. That, I feel like I just stabbed well, my literally just Four would be Midnight's. I love Midnight's so much. It is so good. Honestly, at certain times, it is definitely my favorite album. Three would be... This hurts so bad. Oh my God, no, I can't. You're not a lover. I can't. I can't. No, I take it back. Keep going, Julia. Two, I think, would be 1989. And then number one would be Speak Now. Oh. Yeah, I feel like my top five changes so much that it's different every day, but I feel like that's what it is right now. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, well, since I asked you, I'll answer for myself. I don't have an order. Prior to 1989 Taylor's version coming out, I was like a very solid reputation, midnight folklore. Like those were my really solid top three. Mm. I will say like now that 1989 Taylor's version has come out, I have never listened to it the way that I have listened to it at this point. And the From the Vault tracks are so good. They're so good. I think 1989 I would probably go out on a limb and say they're the best vault tracks that she's released so far. I mean, they're crazy good. So I really do feel like this shows me that you can pivot, you can refine, you can get super creative and like go out and do something different as long as it's 
true to who you are and your people are going to get excited about it. And I feel like that to me is like the lesson here that like everybody can kind of take away. Kind of along those lines, I feel like she's gone through this resurgence of just in popularity in the world with the general population. And I feel like if I had to pinpoint one moment when that started, it was when she surprise dropped Folklore. And it was this completely new album. She had never released music like this before. And it was something completely different. And I'm sure it was very scary for her to go in a completely different direction. Up until this point, you know, she started out country. She kind of shifted into pop music and she was trying this completely new project and it worked out so well. I mean, so many people say that Folklore is her best album. I personally, I don't agree. I'm sorry, Folklore Swifties. Uh, I'm, I'm so sorry, but- it, Well, and she says that too. In the one porn studio session, she says, you know, like I went to the recording studio basically expecting them to be like, what? Like, we yeah. don't know anything about this album. We're not just gonna release it. And then they did which obviously they would have been fools to not have. Could you imagine um, if she didn't release it? It's like the timing of that, right? Again, it's another one of those moments where like, I really truly think like everyone in their own way really needs to advocate for themselves and go out and just do the thing that they really believe in. At a time during COVID, she had no idea if she was going to get to tour ever again. She had no idea if it was going to be like traditional or look like it ever had before. And so she went out here and dropped this album and then like had this movie type Type thing that you could watch and like I remember my friend came over and we were laying in bed just watching this on TV just like crying in bed and mm-hmm. I'm like she still found a way even when shit was hitting the fan everywhere else to connect with her people still to this day well, and to piggyback off that too the timing of it is twofold right because not only is she doing the timing of it for her but everyone else we were four months into the pandemic when this album came out and people needed something I think that that's part of the reason why so many people are so adamant that folklore is the best album because I think there's an emotional attachment there where we weren't doing great at that time none of us really were I still am struggling but no I just think that <laughs> It's the same sort of thing that we kind of try to tell our clients and what we do when we're building strategies out for our clients is we try to anticipate the needs of the people that we're serving or that, that, you know, the product or service is for. When are they going to need us the most? When are they searching for us? If you can add that little bit of it to what you're offering, I think you're giving so much more. That album means so much to people because they needed something to like pull them out of that dark place. And I think as sad of an album as folklore can be, it's also a super hopeful album. And I think there's a lot of songs on there that are just like, yes, things suck, but she has a great way of putting a very sad message over a bop. So yeah, yeah, for sure. And like, I think just how well do you know yourself and your people? And that's something we talk to people about constantly, whether it's PR client, a marketing client, a social media client, it is going to feel like you are throwing spaghetti at a wall until you really know who you are at your core and who your people are and what they need. And you know, when you said that, it just made me think, I say this all the time. One thing I love about Taylor Swift is that she truly knows her fans and she has a song for every situation I have ever been through in my life. Any hardship, any breakup, any new relationship, I know exactly what Taylor Swift song I'm going to listen to. And it is comforting and it helps me get through whatever I'm going through. And I just feel like it's just another way that she's connecting with her audience. She knows exactly what to say and how 
how to connect with them through music. And that's like what Caroline said. That is something that we teach our clients all the time is connect with your audience. And I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but you just totally reminded me of something else. There's this trend on TikTok right now of people posting videos or photos when it's like me doing such and such because life didn't end when I was 17. She released the song 15. forever ago it's the exact same message that these are really emotions that are at the core of who everyone is these are life lessons that are at the core of every single person's life and I think that that's why they resonate so hard it's just she was literally less than 20 when she wrote that song and the message of that song is so profound I can't even tell you Uh, the best day another one she wrote super early in her career and there are so many of them where it's just like I could never adequately express this in a way that she's able to and I just love it sorry you just made me really happy I feel like this is a really good tie-in to like okay we can all of these different albums we talked about all the different years kind of leading up to this so then okay we got Midnight's and we got the Eras tour and it kind of just like really put this to me a really nice bow on like all the things right it was like okay now I get to experience all of these things that I had got to experience and for me I got to then experience them with my kid which was like a whole other level of fun that I just like really can't even describe but like I can't think of another artist who has ever really done I mean people have done like reunion tours and farewell tours and like Like, Taylor Swift did not invent the eras tour but she changed what concerts are like I was telling you this the other day where I've been to concerts since then and ever since I've gone to Taylor Swift I feel like I can't just watch somebody just stand up and sing you know with a guitar I'm like snore like I'm bored and I'm not saying you know everybody has to do the three and a half hour concert with 50 different costumes and 50 different dance numbers but it just shows how amazing she is the fact that she went out and she's like yeah I'm gonna do a three hour concert and yeah I'm gonna sing a song from every one of my albums except for debut I'm so sorry sweetie (laughs) (laughs) yeah my bad other than she's Taylor Swift, like everybody loved her. Do you feel like there was anything that she did when she was announcing this throughout all of this that really just pushed it over the edge? Can I just say my concert was back in April. It's December and I still think about that concert every day. I still watch at least one video from the concert a week and I- It's your I Roman Empire. <laughs> literally my Roman Empire. What I'm bringing up is not necessarily when she was announcing it. And I know she's done surprise songs before, but I really feel like the surprise songs continued the conversation of the Eras tour, you know, months later. I feel like when a concert happens, I'm a big fan of Harry Styles and I was not keeping up with his shows. Like I knew he was on tour, but it's not like I was watching it every single night. With the Eras tour, I watch it every single night. I watch it on a grainy little live stream. Somebody who's recording a video Taylor Swift Eras Tours Instagram that posts the surprise songs after they come every night. Am I a psycho following that Instagram channel profile thing? Yes. But I really feel like the surprise songs, at least for the Eras Tour, has completely changed the game. So if you don't know, she sings a song on guitar and she sings a song on piano and she picks songs from her discography that she has either never performed live before or just hasn't performed live in a while. And it's a way to add two songs to the set list that would 
would have never been on the set list to begin with. And she had a rule from the beginning where she was going to try to sing all the songs without repeating any. She had a couple of rules that she added throughout the Eras tour. One of them being that she could repeat any Midnight song as many times as she wants. And then another one being that if she messed it up, she could repeat it. And it launched <laughs> this phenomenon of keeping track of the Eras tour songs. Just like with like calendars and like spreadsheets and like things. Crochet like- blankets was one of my favorites. Crochet blankets, Google spreadsheets, you name it. People were using it to keep track of her surprise songs. Now she recently announced that in 2024 for her Eras tour, she's going to reset the surprise songs, which is really cool because chance to have even have more I decide to fly across the ocean next summer exactly and I just really feel like it continues the conversation on social media in particular like Mm -hmm. I said I watch the concert every single night and no matter where I'm at if I'm at home if I'm out to eat I am watching the Taylor Swift concert to figure out what these freaking surprise songs are and (laughs) just continues the conversation on social media continues that connection with her fans continues people thinking about the Eras tour and I feel like that it was an excellent addition to the Eras tour. I love that she did that. And I really feel like that is one thing that makes this tour just really stand out is the fact that these surprise songs exist. Another thing I thought of that was an element of the tour is in her song, You're On Your Own Kid, that she released on Midnight's, she mentions friendship bracelets. And that has launched a crazy, crazy phenomenon with people bringing, I see pictures from the Eras tour. I was too early. My concert was very early on in the Eras tour. So I missed the friendship bracelet trend, but I see pictures of people with friendship bracelets all down their arms, people talking to fans that they had never met before, just trading friendship bracelets. And funny enough, I saw somebody bring this up about how you're on your own kid is the true invisible string between her and Travis, because if she hadn't rent that song, the friendship bracelets wouldn't have become a thing. And then Travis wouldn't have made the friendship bracelet with his phone number on it. He wouldn't have talked about it on his podcast and they could have never met. So yeah, yeah, what no, yes. we gotta talk about it because the Time magazine article just came out and she revealed that they've actually been seeing each other for much longer than everybody thought that they had, which is such great news. But I'm dying to talk about this PR side of things. Too Let's talk about it. Let's yes. go. Let's go. Everybody knows that it's literally all anybody can talk about. Everyone is upset. Football men are upset because Taylor's all over NFL. And it's what is it? The, the Chads, Dads, Network. and Brads or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But first of all, is anyone not standing this? Oh, I 100% stand. Oh, I love that. Oh, okay, okay. I okay, love perfect. Travis Kelsey here. Sure. Okay. Love. Well, I specifically wanted to talk about the Jets thing. Yes. (laughs) Okay, Caroline, go. You talked. Okay, so it's been a couple of weeks. So if I mess up, you just let me know. But essentially, I am an SEO nerd. My basic marketing career started in SEO. So I really geek out about this sort of stuff. We know Taylor has to take a lot of private jets. I mean, it comes with being a global phenomenon. Yeah. But attending a Jets game can also do some great press for you. And so essentially what people were saying is that attending Travis's brother's game, and there was a ton of press around it, therefore taking over a lot of the SEO that was already out there in articles talking about the emissions from (laughs) the many private Jets that she takes. Which, Taylor, girl, I know you care about the environment, so I'm not going to rake you over the coals, but brilliant SEO. (laughs) I mean, 
give it to her. They're 25 steps ahead of everything. It's amazing. Yeah. Was that intentional 100%? I don't know. Do I care? No, not at all. No, but that's what's so interesting about her marketing moves is I feel like her PR moves are so seamless that you're almost kind of questioning like, was that even intentional or was that just a fluke? I question myself all the time. I'm like, I wonder if they had really meant to do that or if it was just something that happened. Yeah, I'm sure. Again, this is one of those things where like to the scale that Taylor Swift has all of these people and support and like things figured out. Is everybody there? No, obviously not. But to me, I don't know. I feel like there's no way that that was not intentional yeah. as her popularity grows. I mean, people have always said bad things about her, right? They've always found something to yeah. like yeah. complain about or poke at or whatever. And so that to me, when people are like, oh, she takes a ton of private jet. Like, what do you want her to do? Fly spirit? Well, and, and that's what I think too. Like, Tree is probably standing there saying, sweetie, we're getting a lot of articles written about this. Maybe we said, should I'm go it. to this Eagles and Jets game <laughs> and try to combat it. Yeah. Wasn't that the first game that she invited all of her friends to? So it's like everyone was talking about, oh, she invited all of her besties to the football game to see her boyfriend. So it just continued that press coverage about that game. Yeah. I just think finding ways to make what's happening to you, make what's happening around you, make the happenings work for you. How do you kind of ride the wave of whatever's going on and use that to your advantage, whether it was super intentional and pre-planned or whether she was going and it was like, hey, maybe we can tag that onto the back of it. Use whatever's happening to your advantage. That's something that I feel like we have done with our clients. There's a current event happening and she can speak a little bit more to this. There's a wave of something happening and she just wants to jump on and ride it. And like use it to our client's advantage. And I feel like that's part of the PR game. So I don't know, Julian, if you want to talk about that at all. No, this is something I do all the time with my clients. I really have found success in doing this. And I feel like it's something that every PR professional can take with them. And obviously it's important to keep up with current events and see what's up in the news. And what I do is if there's something that is being talked about online and I feel my client can provide some commentary on that, I will write a pitch within the next hour. It's a lot of brain power, but honestly, it's such an important thing to do as a PR professional. And I've actually done this with a Taylor Swift situation where her previous concert in Rio de Janeiro, there was a fan who unfortunately passed away. There was a heat advisory going on. They did not allow water in the stadium. Crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. It was a very, very sad situation. And I have a client who is an emergency management expert and she has experience creating crisis plans for big events like the Times Square New Year's Eve thing and other major notable events. And so we did a a short little pitch for her on what concert venues can do moving forward in order to ensure the safety for concert goers, which is something that is so important. I mean, you should not go to a concert and be worried about something bad happening. So it ended up getting picked up by the official Taylor Swift reporter, the only one in the world from USA Today. And It was a great feature. It got some excellent information out there for people attending concerts, whether you were a concert goer or you were a business leader of a concert venue, it had some excellent information in there for everyone. So you should definitely go check that out if you have not already. USA Today, Andrea Davis, emergency management expert, but that's just something that I like to do with my clients. Yeah, I love it. And I really hope that we have more opportunities to do that Mm -hmm. in 2024. I 
think it's something, again, that Taylor Swift just does really, really well. And like, how can people listening do that? How can you just make sure that you are paying attention? Like you're really plugged in and tuned into what's going on around you. And like, even if you don't necessarily have a PR team or all the resources or whatever, like how can you take advantage and ride the wave of what's going on? So I think that that is just something else we can take away. Look at us just really bringing it on home, y'all. All of you listening can go and listen to them and tell us how much you love them. Caroline. Oh, my true favorite that I can listen to a thousand million times is Willow. And also there are a bunch of different versions of Willow. There's like the witchy version and like, it's it's perfect. So go listen to Willow. Just you want your day to be better. Did you know yeah. she wrote that song in 10 minutes? She's crazy. That's the other thing. I can't tell these people how to do what she does. Like, yeah, I not- mean, it's going to take some time. Don't hold yourselves to that 10 minute standard. Work in progress. Okay, Juliana, what's yours? Oh my goodness. When I think about my all time favorite song, I feel like it's Enchanted by Taylor Swift in case by you have no idea. <laughs> but this year, I feel like my favorite song is Lover. <laughs> Really? I know it because it's a single. So it's like, you know, that's kind of basic or whatever. I don't know. Some Swifties might think that's basic, but. Lover's great. (laughs) I just discovered like the wedding version. I just added it to my wedding playlist because Matt doesn't know I'm trying to sneak in. (laughs) Taylor Swift. Okay. Caroline, let me tell you, whoever I marry, they have to be okay with Taylor Swift being involved because I want Lover to be my first dance. I want to walk down the aisle to daylight. I I have so many songs that I am going to be sprinkling in throughout the day. So if I ever get married one day, whoever I get married to, they just got to be okay with Taylor Swift being involved. (laughs) Look up the first dance remix if you want that to be your first dance because it's beautiful. It's got some strings at the beginning. It's really good. Oh, that's so sweet. I'll have to look that up. Lauren, what's yours? Oh my God. Well, I don't know. We were going all time favorite. I don't think I have an answer for that one. My current favorite song that I can't stop listening to hits different. I love that song. And the say one- it hits different. It hits different. <laughs> I really, really love it. The other one that we listen to a ton that I have grown to love just because Sophia loves it so much. And I mean, I also really liked it before. It's Wonderland. It's so good. good So we've been listening to that one quite a bit lately. So actually, So It Goes has been on repeat all week. I don't know why. Honestly, every Taylor Swift song is my favorite one. But if you guys take anything away from this, it's that we're all obsessed. Can always tie everything back to Taylor Swift and learn something. That's true. She does. (laughs) song for everything and that's all we have to say I am so excited Caroline Julian I got to come and hang out with me today and do this I hope you guys too as much as I I had so much fun I could honestly I could sit here and talk to y'all about Taylor Swift all day long obviously we can't do that but we should definitely do a part two interview that would be very cool because I feel like 2024 is going to be a big year for her I mean I Ooh, know we should do her. predictions oh we should for- I know that yeah. people have been saying that she could potentially perform at that new place in Las Vegas called the sphere and then there's mm-hmm. also predictions about Coachella I don't know the logistics of that because I feel like if she headlined Coachella she would probably break the festival we can do predictions but I know Caroline has to leave us so that's yeah. it for this serve neat episode Thank you guys. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Served Neat. I hope you enjoyed listening and found some tasty nuggets of marketing wisdom to help you take your brand to the next level. Remember, just like a perfectly crafted cocktail, marketing is all about finding the right balance and serving it up with a splash of creativity. So keep building, keep refining, and keep serving up your brand with style. 
And if you're thirsty for more insights, follow us on Instagram at Nate underscore the agency for even more marketing tips and tricks. Be sure to subscribe and join us for our next episode of Served Nate. Until then, cheers.